Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good morning, dear listeners. You're listening to Radio 3CR on 855 AM in Palestine. Remembered with Robert Martin, Nasser Mashni, and Yusuf Ahmed Rimawi. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of Australia's only radio program that is totally dedicated to the Palestinian cause. In English language, we would like to welcome our listeners on the AM dial and those who will join us later on 3cr.org.au forward slash podcasts. In today's episode, we'll be talking with Dr. Ahmed Jamil Azim, a Palestinian academic from Berzeit University, about the American pressure on the Palestinians and the closure of PLO delegation in Washington. Stay with us and enjoy the episode. Morning, Robert. Good morning, Yusuf. Good morning, listeners, and welcome to Palestine Remembered on 3CR, 855 on the dial, and welcome to those that join us on the podcast. And uh, Nasser is not with us today. No, it's a lot quieter. <laughs> it's a lot quieter. It's very quiet. He will join us next week. He will indeed, and he'll come back with some uh, fantastic information from the three-day seminar in Adelaide. And uh, for this week, uh, Robert, we have um, our uh, regular uh, guest, uh, Dr. Ahmed Jamil Al-Azim, uh, a Palestinian uh, academic and uh, a news analyst will talk to us about the PLO uh, office and the closure of the office at uh, Washington. But uh, before that, I guess, uh, Robert, uh, the interview you gave us last week about your, um, was it three weeks you spent? No, more than. Yeah, almost five. Five weeks almost in five. Palestine. Mm. Um, you came back with a collection of recordings, uh, footage, and maybe pictures. Um, what was in what was in your mind that drove you to take all these pictures and recordings, uh, Robert? I spent a lot of time looking for Palestinians so we could have their voices heard. And I've mm. got some wonderful interviews. Uh, one particular gentleman gave me a few. He's an international lawyer uh, and does a lot of great work over there. So we're going to hear about um, the law, the legal system, the Knesset. Um, and also I've got some everyday Palestinians that mm. I have uh, some of their voices. But I, I wanted to, you and I were talking before how people should go, and I mm. was talking about how when I, I left Palestine and I was in Jordan. Now, nothing against the Jordanians, but there's a completely different the field. It's a completely different field, mm. and it's hard to explain, but I can't stress enough that people should go. Mm. Go and visit, immerse yourself in the Palestinian culture, and come back and tell the world because they need us 
and it will change your life for the better as well. Um, I remember I uh, sent you a text uh, two days before uh, you coming uh, from uh, Palestine, and I said, how many days to go? And you said, not enough. Yeah. Do you remember? I, I, I was actually, look, I was, I was tired, but I was actually very, very sad. And, you know, in the short time that I was there, uh, I've made friends that will be lifetime friends. Hmm. And some people spend a whole lifetime trying to find one or two friends. Hmm. And it's, it's a place where I just connect. Beautiful, beautiful place, beautiful people. And, you know, let's unite and help them. You know what uh, came to my mind now that we have had uh, dinner? Uh, how did you uh, get away with the gluten-free <laughs> in Palestine? Well, they, the, they don't have a gluten-free culture. Well, no, well, it is. It's only the bread. Okay. So all, all of the, the magnificent meals that they cooked, it's, you know, there's rice flour in there. It's all, it's all vegetables and it's meat. Mm. It's clean. It's healthy. It was fantastic. Now, uh, a few people said I'd lost a little bit of weight when I got back. Mm. But on the belly line, I'm not so confident <laughs> about that. It may be the lack of beard and, and hair that's made it look like that. Uh, and, and you were there during the olive harvest season. So we picked olives, mm. uh, which was tell fantastic. Me, tell me about that experience. First time. Beautiful. I mean, mm. it's, it's hot, Yusuf. And look, I'll, let's, let's be honest. I, I spent a lot of time resting under the trees as mm. well. Mm. But it's a, a time. Do they have like uh, olive tree picking for beginners? Of course. And that, that's where I was. <laughs> and do they laugh at you? But, and, you but there's people that go, uh, go each year. Mm. And so it's wonderful to, uh, to hang out with the activists, the local community, the younger people, the children uh, doing it with their parents. It's just a, it's a very uniting, mm. peaceful job. It's not that hard. Mm. Uh, I mean, if you're doing it every day, uh, what, you know, it would be. Where, where, where was that? Do you remember the name of the town or village or near maybe one of the cities, maybe Nablus? Or, uh, so it's about 15 minutes out of Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Well, Palestine, all of, I mean, uh, I rang my mother uh, the other day in Jordan, and we have an olive tree, and she managed to extract 30 kilograms of oil. Fantastic. Of, of, of fantastic. olives. How good is that? Yeah, it's yeah, fantastic. From one tree. That's good. That's good. So we will be back shortly, and uh, we will be talking uh, with uh, Dr. Ahmed Jamil Azim uh, from Berzet University. But, uh, I went to Bezat University. Mm. I spent some time there. Tell, in, in, in less than half a minute, tell me something about it. I, I went and saw a speak. Miko Pellet did a speak mm. uh, to some students that uh, are doing human rights. Mm. And I spoke to a number of the students. It was fantastic. A lot of them knew who I was and wanted to do an interview, mm. but wouldn't do an interview because of the fear of reprimands yeah. and, and so forth. But it was a, uh, it was a fantastic experience. Well, Birzet University, we pride ourselves with uh, education in general and with our uh, tertiary education in particular, mm-hmm. Birzet University and the Najah University. So well done, everybody who uh, works or studies there. And we will be back shortly with Dr. Ahmed Jamil Azim. So stay with us. Dr. Ahmed Jamil Azim is the director of the Palestinian and Arabic Studies program at Birzeit University in Palestine and uh, a news analyst uh, and he will be our guest for this episode. Stay with us.
Dr. Ahmed Jamil Azim, thanks for being with us again on the show. Thank you for having me again. Thank you. Um, Dr. Ahmed, as we speak, uh, we have um, um, unprecedented crisis with the Americans, uh, with the refusal to renew the license of PLO delegation office in Washington and uh, the rumors around it. What we know is the uh, Americans want to bring the Palestinians to negotiation table and also to convince the Palestinian leadership to refrain from going to the International Court of uh, Justice. Um, but we want to ask you about the context. How do you read this development, Dr. Ahmed? Yeah, actually, firstly, it is not really very new. It is not the first time. From time to time, the, the issue of the office of uh, the PLO in, uh, in the United States of America is raised. Uh, sometimes, actually, even for some administrative and financial matters. I remember a few years ago that there were uh, some news about maybe closing the office for some administrative uh, reasons. Uh, this time, let me th- say, in the context has... Mm two uh, dimensions. Mm. The first dimension is uh, related to the pro-Israeli groups. The pro-Israeli groups within the American within the American administration uh, is actually uh, uh, prepared years ago a kind of bank of goals. This bank of goals have many uh, many conditions and many uh, legislations. Also, uh, imagining what can happen in the future and we, how we can stop the Palestinians in the future from getting their rights, from uh, from defending their uh, cause in the international organizations and international courts. Uh, so there are not only one legislation, there are many legislations that make conditions on the Palestinians. So financial aid from the United States cannot reach if the Palestinians do something, uh, the same thing happening if, uh, regarding this time, the office. There is a legislation years ago uh, prepared by the pro-Israeli groups about uh, the PLO going or the Palestinians going to the international court or to any other organizations. Why uh, this is, is this? The first, what, what, uh, this is, it, is the first dimension. Yeah. But, but why aren't the Palestinians allowed to go to the international criminal court? I just am stuck on this bit because I know that it's not unprecedented. But why can't the Palestinians go to the international criminal court? What options do they have left? Yeah, okay. Uh, actually, why they cannot go? Because firstly, the first the first part of the answer is that the Americans in general, they don't believe, the American administration, they don't believe in international organizations, especially this uh, this administration, Trump administration. Uh, you know, you see, Trump is uh, actually withdrawing from several international agreements and other frameworks. So uh, the whole... The whole formula of the Palestinian-Israeli negotiations prepared by the Israelis and supported by the American administrations, administrations, not only this administration, that it is only by 
national, uh, only two parts uh, negotiations. Only we have negotiations only between the Israelis and the Palestinians. Uh, international community has nothing to do with these negotiations. Even the Americans, they don't intervene really in, in negotiations. So they want the formula to be only Palestinians and Israelis and nothing else. So Palestinians should not go, should not ask for any other international framework. This is maybe the, uh, the, fir- the, the first uh, the first part of the answer. Hmm. Uh, the, se- the second part, as clearly the Palestinians until this moment, they didn't really went to the international court. And this is even many Palestinians uh, don't uh, recognize or understand this. The Palestinians until now, they just send information. So there is a kind of uh, procedures uh, that we, we need Palestinians to uh, to proceed with so we can uh, go to the international courts. And this is for political reasons, because actually it seems the American and international pressure on the Palestinians made the Palestinian leadership not going to the, uh, to, to the, to the court. But I want to complete the answer of the first question, actually, on uh, why the, the, the issue of the office is, is happening now. Actually, because it seems all the, in the Arab world and among Palestinians, many people use uh, a term about it is the century deal. Uh, in Arabic, I don't know, uh, they call it Safqat al-Qarn, or this is a concept uh, started to be circulated after it was used by uh, the American President Trump a few months ago. So many people think that what is happening now, it is pressuring the Palestinians to accept certain a peace uh, plan uh, that the Americans are uh, presenting. Actually, it is completely the, the opposite. What is happening now that the American uh, team for peace uh, uh, reached a conclusion, or it is maybe not even reached a conclusion. They have a decision that we will not have a political agreement or a political settlement now between the Palestinians and the Israelis. The Israelis refused this, and we don't want to pressure the Israelis too much. We don't want to pressure them. So the Palestinians should accept the status quo. So I think what is happening now is telling the Palestinians, you have to coexist with the present situation. No agreement will happen. No political settlement will happen. You should not go to the international courts or to the, to the United Nations. Uh, you should not just try to use, uh, to, to, to communicate with Arab regimes and uh, governments in order so they can pressure the Israelis or pressure anybody in the, in the world to, to, to mobilize, even to, to start the negotiations again. You have to coexist with, uh, with status quo. We will, we, maybe we will enhance the, the quality of life a little bit inside Gaza and the West Bank. Maybe we will have you some facilitation. We will we will facilitate some things like, for example, making and crossing the border a little bit easier. Uh, maybe we will have some uh, economic projects, but don't expect much more. And uh, so, and if you are expecting more, and if you are trying to mobilize the United Nations or any other international commu- uh, uh, frameworks, uh, you, you will be, be punished, punished mm. by things like closing the office and maybe by ignoring you. Actually, one of the most powerful 
uh, tools, the United States and other uh, countries who support the Israeli government used with the Israeli Palestine with the Palestinian leaderships in the in the in the recent years is ignoring. If you are ignoring the Palestinians, the Palestinian leadership has everything. They they it only concentrates on negotiations and, uh, and on and diplomacy. So if you are ignoring them. There is no negotiation, no, no diplomacy, and this is, will harm them very uh, a lot among the Palestinians. Um, but um, in, in, in light of what you said, uh, Dr. Ahmed, uh, that the Americans uh, don't want to go ahead with negotiations or a peace uh, plan with the Palestinians, and they expect us to, to, uh, to, to accept the status quo, including accepting uh, occupation and coexisting with occupation. They know that it's not going to happen because they know that even if the Palestinian leadership decides to, um, to basically uh, take that pressure and accept it, that the Palestinian population will not. So uh, let's now go to the Palestinian side of the story and put aside the Americans what do you think, what do you predict our next move is in light of what you said? Actually, uh, the Palestinian leadership, uh, maybe it, as I, I mentioned, it's, uh, its concentration is diplomacy and negotiations. But this doesn't mean at all that uh, Palestinian President Abbas is going to accept any uh, offer will be offered. Uh, I think he has uh, a minimum uh, demands and that he will not go b- uh, below that demands. Uh, the Palestinians have the, the Palestinians cannot give any other concessions. So uh, so I think if the, uh, the Americans uh, proceeded with uh, their moves, the Palestinians will maybe try to, uh, to, to, to to go to other frameworks. Now now it is not only Palestinians. Actually, uh, look at Canada and uh, other mm. countries uh, in North America. Mm. Uh, when the United States stopped its uh, trade agreements with uh, in, in North America, they went to, they went to Europe and other places to in, in, uh, to find alternative. So Palestinians will go to other places to find alternatives, and it will not it's, it, it will not be easy for the Israelis and the Americans when the Palestinians start to uh, go to other in, in other arenas. Mm. Uh, I think if if the, the office closed in Washington, the Palestinians uh, at that moment. They can proceed with the International Criminal Court. They can proceed with other international organizations. So I don't think it is a type of pressure. They trying to see how much the Palestinians can uh, accept this pressure. But this doesn't mean at all that the Palestinians have no cards or the Palestinians have no alternatives. Now, I also um, want to ask about pressure coming from um, the Arab countries, and some of them are allies of the Palestinians, um, like, for example, the Gulf countries, Arabia and Emirates. Um, do you agree with the um, um, maybe rumors or news that the Arabs are also putting pressures on the Palestinians? 
I think there is will be a pressure, but it's but uh, but uh, pressure for what? Until this moment, mm. the Americans they didn't give any uh, any plan. There is no 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 clear demands. So maybe I I, I am naming what is happening now like an uh, preemptive punishment or preventative punishment. Mm. So they are trying to do something to punish you for something for something will happen in the future. They say if you don't engage in serious negotiations and if you don't uh, go to to ac- accept the offers will, we will offer we will uh, punish you so uh, offer us something first let us negotiate first and go for it so i think the arab countries maybe will can, can make some pressure but here i want to say something very important the arab countries and even the united states of america they are offering less and less financial aids to the palestinians what does this mean this means that if you are giving less you have less power to pressure sure. to pressure us and also it's everybody knows that uh, if the Palestinians authority of the PLO decided to leave the agreements uh, until this moment, they adhere, they accept the agreements. Nevertheless, the Israelis don't uh, don't recognize their parts of such agreements. If the Palestinians uh, decided to uh, turn the table, if they decided to uh, change the, the course, it will be very harmful for everybody. So, Palestinians are not weak as maybe some people uh, think. Uh, the Arab pressure, maybe there is an, will be an Arab pressure, but it is not really uh, a, con- a, a concrete one because there is no concrete demands from the Americans. And the Arabs know from the past that Palestinians never. Uh, accepted something they think it is below their national interest. What? Yasser Arafat in the past used to have a very famous say. He used to say, "I have the pen," I, which means only me can. Only I am the per- the only person who can sign a, uh, a piece, something. Uh, it's mm. me. I am who decided. I am the. He, he used to say, "I am the difficult number in the formula." So, uh, what, what's your thoughts yeah. on the the uh, potential reconciliation? Have you uh, you optimistic? Uh, let me say now, maybe in in, in the street, many people think uh, have less optimism uh, comparing with a few weeks ago. Uh, life in Gaza is not changing really, uh, but it's getting I worse. Think, uh, we have no choice but to proceed with this reconciliation. And I think it, it, the question is how fast or how slow we are uh, advancing in the reconciliation. But in general, I think uh, we will have situation uh, soon. Uh, Dr. Ahmed, I want to uh, bring you to Australia. Now here, uh, our government uh, is from the Liberal uh, Party, uh, which vote, which hosted Netanyahu last uh, February, and February, and um, considered uh, very pro-Israeli. Doesn't mean that the Labour government was less of uh, pro-Israeli than the Liberals, but however, as we speak, there is a momentum within the Labour to recognize Palestine in their next year convention. Now, um, this might bring us back to uh, one of the cards that the Palestinians have, which is internationalizing the Palestinian-Israeli uh, issue and bringing it to the United Nations. Um, what is, where, where do you see endeavors in a country like Australia to recognize Palestine as a state? How important is that? 
Uh, I think, that, yeah, this exactly, this is what you are saying is exactly uh, that the Palestinians have alternatives, they have cards to play, uh, they can go to other countries, and this will uh, gradually make uh, the situation in Israel difficult. For the moment, uh, such recognition by uh, parties or even by countries uh, has no uh, immediate uh, uh, results on the ground. They have no immediate uh, effects, but uh, in the f- but the Israelis know that in the future uh, this can be transformed to something uh, tangible that can be transformed to something against the Israelis because if you are recognizing a country, then you have a duty in the United Nations, then you have something to do to protect the peace in the, in the world to, uh, to, uh, to oppose uh, something against the international law like occupation. Now, uh, Dr. Ahmed, we have three minutes uh, to end the interview, but I want to ask you about a different topic. Uh, You were part of the launching of a book uh, last week, uh, Tobacco and Olives, by by, Tabr Wazaytun, by Mr. Uh, Mu'in At-Tahir. I want you to share uh, some of your thoughts about this book and uh, how it came uh, to see light and uh, basically... <clears throat> Excuse me. Some of your personal reflections, being the host of the launching of that important book. Thank you, Yusuf. Thank you for a very interesting question. Actually, also yesterday evening, I was uh, here in Amman, uh, part of uh, uh, another uh, similar occasion, uh, recognizing uh, Dr. Salma Khadr al Jayusi, a very famous Palestinian poet and writer. Uh, she is in her 92 years old, and uh, we gathered. I saw the Facebook Live. Yes, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, actually, it was very interesting uh, that we are uh, telling the, the world that we have our own culture, we have our own heritage, we can have our own determination. Uh, Mr. Mu'in al-Tahir, uh, he was uh, a freedom fighter and he was uh, part of uh, Palestinian resistance and he provided in this book his experience. It was very interesting, even maybe, maybe, maybe what... Uh, what uh, what happened after the the, launch. the event more interesting than the event itself when more when almost 20 young uh, women and uh, young men came and said we are very happy with such book we need to know more and more about the past uh, we think the past is, is not all without mistakes but we have a very glorious past and we will continue uh, we will have a, a kind of a cultural resistance uh, peaceful uh, civil resistance and we will continue we are a people with identity with uh, with uh, with determination and we can continue for uh, a very long time and uh, we will not capitulate any time well hopefully one day we will see this book and other palestinian memoirs and books translated into english and other international languages uh, dr ahmed jamil al azm palestinian academic from berzet university and a news analyst thank you very much for being with us on palestine remembered sir thank you thank you both
With this, we have come to the end of this week's episode of Palestine. Remembered, uh, we spoke with uh, Dr. Ahmed Jamil Azim, a Palestinian academic uh, from Bir Zayt University. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of Palestine. Remember and remember to tune in next Saturday, same time, 9.30 in the morning. Until then, I will, um, or until the end of the uh, episode, I will leave you with a dialogue between Violin and Oud by Anwar Hariri and Nazih Aburish. And until we meet next way, this is Robert Martin Nasser Mashni and Yusuf Ahmed Arimawi wishing you the best of time and salam.